Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. This season is all about intentional comfort, and we'll be taking a look at the crossroads of the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to bring more comfort and joy to your everyday. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, I'm doing a solo cast about how we can find more connection with ourselves and how to further that connection and find more intentional comfort, especially during the holidays. And I'm being inspired by the TED Talk that Priya Parker did, which was all about the art of gathering. So I'm going to take the inspiration from her work and her words of how you can make more meaningful connection with others And we're turning that on its head to talk about how we can make more meaningful connection with ourselves. So before we get to that, I want to wish you all a very warm welcome. If you want to find out more about the show or about myself, you can find everything that you need to know over at the website, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com. If you do head over to the website, you can find a couple great things. One, the book that I wrote this year, all about finding joy in the messy middle that's on the website website as well. And you could sign up for my newsletter uh, where I send out joyful notes every week or two, give you a little reminder that the next episode is up and then share some things that are bringing me joy with you as well. So let's just kind of dive right in. I know that the work of Priya Parker has been really popular over the last year or two. I think she did her her TED Talk in 2019, so pre-pandemic, but she talks in this TED Talk about the new rules of gathering, and I'll put a link to her talk in the show notes. And of course, her lens for all of this is about groups that gather and how things have changed in modern times. So we might want to find new ways to have meaningful connections when we gather with people instead of relying on just the old, same old, same old of people get together. We do little uh, seating assignments with name cards and, uh, you know, maybe play the same games every time. Instead of that, she's looking at ways to make meaningful connections. And what I want to propose in this episode is that we can take those rules and apply them for when you want to reconnect with yourself or gather with yourself, or you want to find ways to practice self-care and reconnect with yourself in ways that bring you intentional comfort and joy. Of course, intentional comfort being the theme of this whole season. So the inspiration for me after listening to her TED Talk is that you can intentionally make time for yourself that is meaningful, nourishing, nurturing, and comforting, And you can take time to lean into joy. So I think that her rules for gathering groups offer some beautiful insights on how you can do that. The first thing is, before we get into the three rules that she talks about, which we can apply to ourselves, is the first thing is don't leave things to chance. And I loved this aspect in her introduction so much because this is really the intentional part of things. When we're talking about mindfulness and intentionality and how we can bring intentional comfort into our lives, we can't leave this to chance because if we leave the relationship and connection we have to and with ourselves to chance, we kind of know where this goes. It ends up looking like getting through our days without much focus beyond what we must do. It looks like attending to logistics and basics, which is fine. And it's, it's you know, it's imperative that we do those things. But oftentimes when we're looking at just doing the basics, we're not also reaching for the things that bring us joy or that inspire us. We're just taking care of the things that we must do. 
I know last season when I talked a little bit about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I'll put that into Instagram this week because I love how this explains how humans decide to do things and what their motivation is to do things. You know, the basis of the hierarchy of needs, we're motivated to get shelter and food and take care of the basics. And then as we rise up that pyramid or the hierarchy of needs, we see that we get into places of enlightenment. And so we know that we do need to take care of those basics before we can get to anything else. If we leave it all to chance to bring this back around, I know for certain that if we leave it to chance, we often will default to just doing what's basic and what's needed. For me, when I just leave it all to chance, it becomes unintentional and non-focused. And these things for you and for me might feel good for a moment or for a day, but they often don't really feed our soul. And that's the thing that we're looking for for, with intentional comfort are those things that feed our soul and nourish us on a different level. The way that we make space for intentional comfort is by making time for it and by putting in the work and setting it aside time for it in our calendars. Because the truth of this is, is that lots of times if we're leaning in and trying to find our way to intentional comfort, we often also might need to work through things that are uncomfortable to then find comfort on the other side of that. So let's jump into these three things that Priya Parker talks about as how you can set up the new rules of gathering with other people, and then we'll apply that to intentional comfort and finding connection with ourselves. The first one that she talks about is embracing your purpose, and this could be possibly a disputable purpose. For many of you, especially over the stretch of the pandemic, you may have developed some habits that aren't really serving you. I know that I have, and I will say that probably for a little while, some of these things did serve you and me for a period of time. And now that we're into nearly the third year of all of this, I think the way that we look at comfort and what fortifies us and nourishes us has changed. It's become super apparent that this thing isn't about a sprint, right? Back in uh, March of 2020, we were probably all thinking, I'm going to set up some logistical support here to get me through the next two weeks, the next six months, whatever it was. And if you know, that might be, well, I just need a a moment to decompress. So I'm going to watch all of whatever show is on Netflix, or I'm, I'm going to, you know, just eat all of these saltines with butter. That's one of the things I did. And it fortified me for a little while, but it's not something that's sustainable or that's going to provide that same kind of nurturing or comfort to me over a longer period of time. Because the truth, of course, is, is that things have shifted. We're in more of a transition. Let's hope that what we're in for in the next few months, if we're vaccinated and masked and socially distanced, will be less of a threat than what things were as this all started to unfold. But now that we're in this time of transition, still, I think one of the things that we can start to ask is how can you craft something that supports and nourishes you as we all work through this larger transition together? Another question here that you could ask yourself is what is the purpose of what you want to do in finding comfort? And that's probably a really important core question to ask yourself because knowing the what, what do you need, will help you craft the how you're going to get there. So another question around that would be, what would meet your needs? If you're looking for an escape, what does that look like given your current constraints? So if you need to get away for the day, how can you accomplish that? And if you're looking for peace and quiet, maybe a question to ask would be why? And how could you accomplish that given your current constraints? 
And if you dig a layer deeper than this, is there something that you feel is missing in your life? Maybe something that you had previously, pre-pandemic, something that's been hard to get your arms around now. In my book, Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle, I do reference that one way of finding joy in the messy middle is to look at what's missing and then find a way to retrofit that into your life, either through other things that are similar or looking at the value that that thing has. So if you like to feel like you're having an adventure or you like to feel like you're pampered, find a way to do that now so that you can bring that into your life in a new way. And then so the Priya Parker reference here about embracing your purpose is she in her TED talk talks about a friend who is having going to have a baby and was really dreading the baby shower because she didn't like the standard games that get played at these parties and the and kind of the party aspect of the shower because what she was feeling about becoming a mother didn't necessarily match having a party. She w- she had some fear around labor and she had anxiety that she was able to share with her friends about how adding a new member of a family would change the relationship she had with her husband. So her friends helped her create a shower that supported her instead of ignoring the truths of what she was going through in the moment. So it addressed a purpose. She wanted a way to feel more confident and empowered going into labor. And she also wanted to better understand how it might change the relationship with her husband. So in what a, in this transition that we're going into, both into kind of a new world, we don't really know how all of this will look when we're on the other side of the pandemic, and we're also entering into a new year. As we transition into the new year and into the next phase of things, what fears are you feeling that you would like to acknowledge? What are you afraid of? What feels hard right now? And... What things could you build into your day that might support you in this phase? Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's something new. You know, one of the examples that Priya Parker references in the TED Talk is that this woman, she and her husband wrote new vows to kind of layer on top of the ones that they'd done at their own wedding as they grew their family. Don't step back from thinking about what you specifically need Knowing that this kind of thing, the purpose of what you're trying to address, it's going to be specific to you. In this, you're going to create something just for you that feels right and that feels nurturing. So that's that's the first one about embracing your purpose. And the second one, I really love this one so much. She talks about causing good controversy. <laughs> so one of the things that Priya talks about here is that human connection is as threatened by unhealthy peace as it is by unhealthy conflict. I'm going to say that one again. Human connection is as threatened by unhealthy peace as it is by unhealthy conflict. And I love this idea so much because I feel like what she's touching on here is the way that We as humans can just get lulled into situations that are unhealthy and that may feel peaceful or comforting or the easy way to do things, or we may be putting up with unhealthy conflict in our lives somewhere just because we don't want to rock the boat or we're afraid of what might happen if we leave a certain situation, we leave a job, we leave a relationship. So unhealthy peace, it could look like too much much Netflix. It could 
be living in relationships that we know don't work. It could be, as I mentioned earlier, eating saltines with butter every night. (laughs) These things feel peaceful and comforting in the moment, but they are really unhealthy in the bigger picture. And unhealthy conflict is, you know, just fighting. It could be lingering in the news cycle and being consumed by the next bit of bad news. Like, you know, if you leave CNN or something else on all of the time, you could just be consumed by that. And I think that's unhealthy conflict if you're just kind of obsessed with the conflict. Another example here would be allowing people to ignore your own boundaries, and which leaves you kind of inconsistent conflict with yourself and with them. And two things, two nuggets here I'll give you if you would like a really healthy and fast way to consume news every day, I highly recommend the podcast, The Newsworthy with Erica Mandy. I will put that in the show notes. And if you want help addressing boundaries, I highly recommend Nedra Tawab's book. And I'll link up to that in the show notes as well. But so in her talk, Priya brings up the example for causing good controversy about people sitting down to, you know, maybe a challenging Thanksgiving dinner if there's tension present in a family. And instead of bringing opinions to the table and talking about politics and all the things that you could bring up in that kind of an event, she suggests that guests be asked to share a story about their lives that shares something that no one else at the table has heard. She suggests this because she feels that it would be it offers a point of connection. She also says that it's great if it kind of ties into the underlying tension. Maybe it's tell us a, a story about one time when you didn't feel heard or tell us a time where you were successful at doing something, but you felt like, you know, the deck was stacked against you. But allow people to share a story that relates to their lives. And it's done in service of answering the question of, What does this family need right now? So if we take this and put it into the lens of how can we use this to inspire us to create a stronger connection with ourselves and create more intentional comfort with ourselves, I would ask, what do you need right now? And with the footnote of saying, be sure and drop any sort of shoulds or polite answers that you might be giving yourselves. Because, I mean, really, truly, this is something you're just answering for yourself. So get as real as you can with yourself here. And and listen, you know, maybe this is a gut level response that you're going to hear. Some of these answers might be really like overly simple. Maybe your body's telling you, I want to go take a walk. I need a shower. I need a drink of water. I'm hungry and I need a meal. Those ones are really simple. It might get more complicated and feel harder to figure out things where the answer you hear is something along the lines of, I want a feeling of connectedness. I want quiet time to myself when it doesn't feel like I'm needed by anyone else. Maybe you just need a day to bake cookies and connect with the holiday spirit if you're not feeling that right now. And how can you do this? I feel like it it involves creating some good controversy, as Priya Parker mentions, especially if it involves asking for things that you need. Because so often, if we're feeling like there's something that we need, it also may involve asking other people for help with it. So it may involve speaking up to divide housework with your family. If you feel like you're the only one that's cleaning the toilets, ask for help. 
in order to find quiet time or to find time to pursue a hobby or to interview for a new job, you may need help from other people to do these things. And the reason I say this is creating good controversy is it's because you're diving in first to ask yourself what you need. And then it might be that you're shaking up how things work or have worked for the last couple of years in your house. Maybe it's a division of who does what and you want to change that. Maybe it's you want more time to yourself and that means someone else, a spouse or a partner or a family member, uh, you might need to find someone else to help look after a child. Maybe it is that you want to find somebody else to mow the lawn and that's somebody that you need to hire from and that creates good controversy. Is this something that we want to do as a family? Is this something we can afford? How can we change this up so that you get the things that you need and you maybe redivide things um, in a way that makes sense for everybody? I see that there's another side of good controversy that could be a totally inside job. It could be that you've been sitting with something for a long time that doesn't feel so great. And in order to find comfort and joy on the other side of that thing, you might need to work through it. You might need to break through a capital S story, which I know I've talked about before in this podcast, but that's basically the kind of thing where you're assuming that something is true when it might not actually be true. So if there's something you kind of know in your heart where you're like, you know what, I've, I've had it. I can't do this thing, whatever it is, anymore. I want to make a change. And that might be a new job. It might be someplace you are with in a relationship. Maybe it's, you know, you want to spend more time um working from home because you got a taste of that and you know that's what you want. This could be something you've known in your heart for a while. And so it could be an inside job that's going to create some good controversy. But the excitement about all this is once you get to the other side of it, you do find more comfort and joy. So step one, I would say if you're in that space where you're like, oh, I've got to tackle that thing that I know I need to do, go check out Byron Katie's work. I'll put a link in the episode notes, of course. Byron Katie has an uncanny way of getting to the heart of the matter of things very quickly and helping you identify if something is really true. It's one of the questions of the work, which you'll discover. If you listen to um, Loving What Is by Byron Katie, it's an audiobook. That's the version I recommend because she walks you through the work, which is a set of four questions you can ask yourself about anything that's causing you painful thoughts is what she would call them. But it's fascinating to hear her voice and she's working it through with people. I highly recommend it because this kind of thing, especially if you've got this big thing on your heart and maybe you don't know what to do with it, it does take some internal inquiry and it takes some internal accountability and it might take some support from a coach or a therapist or talking it out with your partner or spouse or whatever, just to make sure that you are starting to do it is amazing. So if you need help, one of my favorite people that does some great work around this as well is Tammy Hackbarth. And um, I'll link up to her as well in the show notes. So that is creating good controversy. Number three of the Priya Parker things is creating temporary rules for groups of people. So in the context of gathering with other people, Priya is suggesting this for groups that gather that don't necessarily share the same background or that are parts of different generations or different cultures or just groups of people that might have different rules for etiquette. So what she's saying is in those situations where you have a gathering of people that maybe don't all have the same basic understanding of things, you can set up pop-up rules to encourage meaningful connection amongst those people. 
one of the ones that or a couple that she suggests that were so funny and so like spot on one was if not everyone really follows the same rules of phone etiquette at a dinner party she says you know suggests that the first one to pick up their phone pays for the entire meal for everyone the other one that she suggested was especially if you have a group of people where one person really likes to dominate a conversation and talk about all the things that they do in their work or their business is maybe the rule is for this pop-up situation no one here is going to talk about what they do or name the job that they have so this one might feel a little bit harder to implement for yourself but let's try this on I think we can work this out What if you changed your own rules for a little bit? What rules could you set for yourself just for like a day or a week to support yourself in finding more connection with yourself or finding more room for intentional comfort? An example might be setting a bedtime for yourself for the next week. If you're like overly tired, here's a new rule, pop-up rule for the next week setting myself a bedtime or maybe if you just feel like you need to slow down because things feel hectic or whatever during the holiday season you could make a rule for the next week you're going to slow down and have an afternoon snack see how that feels tea time I love it You, you can see me doing tea on Instagram it's one of my favorite things now another one might be that you want to limit the interaction that you have with people that stress you out if that's possible and to do that maybe if there's a particular person that tends to upset you but you know that you'll see in a holiday party maybe you could set yourself a rule that you would leave after a certain amount of time for that party or you could even ask the host if you could be seated next to someone else so that they aren't the only one that you're having to hang out with. This might tie into these other rules where now you're looking at some good controversy for yourself. It might kind of rock somebody else's world if you're going to bed at 8 p.m. <laughs> it might mean that other people have to change up things if you don't want to sit by a certain po- person at a dinner party. But I think this is the interesting thing. By setting up these pop-up rules, you can try this stuff on and see what happens. It might make some other people uncomfortable, but let it be an experiment. It It's something where you can try it on and see what it looks like and what it feels like. And I also really like this idea because I know when I am coaching people when they're starting a new podcast, I think people get stuck in this idea that change somehow has to be forever. But when we can just try these things on with new pop-up rules, it might be that you discover something new that you prefer over what you're doing right now, and then you can decide just to make it a regular rule. I think the other thing that is super interesting to me about pop-up rules is if we take a step back for a little bit, something that I know to be true is that as a society or as a culture, each of us takes on a lot of rules that come from our family of origin, might come up from the community that we grew up in. It might have to do with stereotypical gender roles. There's a lot of rules that come up. And interestingly enough, Stacia Savasic and I talked about quite a few of these as far as body image and clothing and what's air quotes appropriate and how that impacts our lives. I'll link up to that in the show notes as well. And the thing that I think we, a lot of us kind of start to notice as we become adults is that we realize that like we don't really understand where some of these rules came from. You know, we can't wear white after Labor Day. It's a rule in the United States. Like, what is that? Where did that come from? And that's just one simple example. But more of those things tend to come up. And I think it's important for us to start to question these rules. Some of them, yes, work. And some of them maybe don't. 
Some feel totally ridiculous. We might notice that some are just from a different generation and they need to be changed to fit our current situation now or your family now or whatever. So it's okay to question these rules and see if you want to make changes because I think recognizing that things don't necessarily work for us is part of finding our way into intentional comfort and finding our way into making a life that fits for us and finding our way into joy. And I feel like this fits in really well with this idea of pop-up rules because you could try on some new pop-up rules that are a little bit different than maybe what your family of origin or what your generation says is appropriate or you know, you could go really out there and wear some white after Labor Day. Just kidding. But you could try on any of these things and see how it goes and then make changes however whatever feels right whatever you notice is better for you go with that and so I really like this idea of pop-up rules and seeing how you can play with those to further that connection with yourself and intentional comfort and if you're looking for another idea on how to do this I've started reading The Joy Diet by Martha Beck She has a series of supportive activities that lead to more joy. She suggests that you try on some of these ideas, and one of them is finding time to do nothing for five to 10 minutes a day for a week. Just try it. See what happens. Here's a pop-up rule. (laughs) But she has a lot of those, and they all build on each other. But you might find some really interesting nuggets in there to also support your quest for intentional comfort. So those are the three things and the inspiration coming from the amazing Priya Parker and her art of gathering, her TED talk about that. The first being embrace your purpose and kind of get to the heart of the matter of what's the purpose of what you want right now in this transition or in this time right now where you're looking for more intentional comfort. What are you feeling and what do you want to acknowledge? What would feel purposeful about the things that you want to do that would bring intentional comfort to your life. The second one is causing good controversy. So leaning into those places that maybe are unhealthy peace or unhealthy conflict for you, taking a look and acknowledging what they are and then asking to make changes either for yourself or asking other people to help you make changes. And then that third one is playing around with pop-up rules and seeing how you could change up either the way that you're doing things, set up some new rules for yourself if you want to support yourself in a new way, or challenging some of the rules that are part of the air quote status quo to see how you can change it up to create a space that feels more supportive and more full of intentional comfort for you. These ideas are all so applicable to how we can find intentional comfort and joy in our lives. It's so easy to get into habits that don't really support you, but have maybe been a Band-Aid version to address the discomfort that so many of us have been feeling over the last couple years and probably just in our lives in general. Intentional comfort is all about adding a layer of mindfulness to what each of us does every day. And I've been looking for ways to intentionally add nurturing and nourishing habits to my day. And I find that when I make those choices for intentional comfort, I find a lot more joy too. So I would love to hear if any of these things have inspired you to layer in more intentional comfort into your life. You can send me an email if you like at jumpstartyourjoy at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to find any of the resources, so that TED Talk, 
link to Stacia Savasic, The Joy Diet, the work by Byron Katie, and I know there's a bunch of others. <laughs> they're all they're all going to be in the episode notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And while you're on the website, be sure and check out my own book, Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle. And you can also sign up for my newsletter over there on Jumpstart Your Joy as well. Next week on the show, I am so totally delighted to have Andrea Share joining me. Uh, of course, she is well known for her Creative Superheroes podcast, which is one of my favorites to listen to. And she's releasing her very first book called Wonder Seekers, which we're going to talk about. I cannot wait to share this because I love Andrea. She's been on before. Uh, I hope you all will come back for that conversation. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. 